Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Common Chronicle podcast. I'm your guest host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. And today, we have a wonderful, wonderful guest here on the show. Josie Campbell is on the show, guys. Writer for so many things, including animation, comics, a lot, a lot of stuff here in comics as well. Wonder Woman, she's doing Adventures of Superman cartoon at the moment here. She's got Mary Champion for Marvel coming out here. Really, really great time we have on the podcast. Talk about Nerd and Out. We talk about her work on Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, because me being a Jurassic fan and paleo fan how could we not we talk about mary being like a wonderful superhero comics writing a lot a lot of shit folks so stay tuned for that whole thing but besides that make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast if you do enjoy this episode wherever you're listening to this episode now subscribe for new episodes for interviews from people from all over comics and yeah i think that's about it guys yeah twitter at dakota morgan 3 instagram at dakota underscore morgan 97 if you want to follow me live on twitch when i do video games dakota rex 97 and youtube dakota morgan for all sorts of nature stuff that I do, video games as well. And besides that, folks, without me rambling on, let's dive into my chat with Josie. And yes, we're good. Awesome. It works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hopefully going to be a good week. Um, Josie, I want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. It is an honor to have you here. Of course. It was, uh, I'm excited to uh, nerd out and talk about uh, comics and DC. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you've listened to the show before because we talk a lot, a little bit about comics, but mostly we talk about a shit ton of other stuff, though, it seems, on the show. <laughs> <laughs> really try. We try to do comics, and then we talk a bit about it, and then Amazing. it seems that like, uh, Clay McCormick was on last mm -hmm. weekend. We were, we were supposed to talk comics and the Red Hood. We ended up talking about wrestling <laughs> or movies. <laughs> You just never know. I mean, I, there's times on there where we've talked about uh, what it's like walking around in Central Park. Because I remember I had someone on; they were walking in Central Park in 2020, Amazing. and during whoa, the uh, yeah during the quarantine. So like they were walking around for their morning run, uh, and then heading back home. But like, what was that like? Because there's nobody out there, and it was dead Manhattan. It's like, oh, oh god, this man. is scary. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just I'm I'm I don't know if I'll be as exciting as wrestling. I have very <laughs> few wrestling opinions and I live in Los Angeles, so it's always deserted on the streets because we're all in cars. That's so. fair. <laughs> That's fair. Hey, wrestling's something I never really talk about at all. I mean, it's not one of them subjects I ever really do. So it's very interesting. Very interesting. Um, <laughs> but I do have to ask and I wanted to wait until we started recording for this because was the food last week worth it? Oh, Dakota. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, uh, no. It was, so uh, my husband's vegetarian. I am not. So whenever we order, I always get what, like, he'll get, like, something with, like, you know, like, tofu. And I'll get, like, whatever has the most possible meat in it. Because, okay. like, at home, we cook vegetarian. So I got this, like, giant thing of, like, butter chicken that, like, Ooh. was so good. And it melted in your mouth. And it was amazing. And, like, I got, like, lamb samosas on the side when my husband's eating his vegetarian food. And then, yeah, like, four hours later, it's like, hi, I feel bad. I feel bad. Maybe oh, no. maybe it's the, like, pakor. And he's like, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's it's oh. all the meat you ate. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course he's going to say that, though. Well, that's, like, a biased opinion <laughs> being asked right there. He's <laughs> like, ah, yes, that's sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the evidence? Cite your evidence here. <laughs> uh, but it, it it was worth it. Uh, okay. But like, okay. also, I'm sorry that I missed uh, talking to you last week because I was in a a meat uh, a, a literal meat coma from uh, from yeah from possibly undercooked meat. <laughs> At least it was worth it. At, at least it was totally worth it. There. I mean, there's oh, I I feel it though. I was in a meat coma for about two days. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. a, um, your husband's definitely not going to like this part, but there was a, <laughs> there was a, which, well, by the way, I have to ask, mm -hmm. was he a vegetarian when you guys met or was it something that he's recently done? No. So he's been a vegetarian for like 15 years or so, like since oh. college. Yeah, no, he's, he's dedicated, which I admire because like I, I tried once to just be like, you know, meat's expensive. Okay. No, I love steak. I love hamburgers. <laughs> like I'm always going out and getting like the, like whatever, like meat and seafood combos. So I, uh, he has a lot more willpower than I do. I'm definitely like, I had a day where I'm like, no, but I do want a cheeseburger though. Yeah. Those are relationship goals, Josie. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a hundred percent goals. Like my girlfriend and I, neither one of us have dietary restrictions. We eat the same shit. She, the only restriction is she eats healthier. So that's like the only thing there. But it, no, that's some goals right there. But there was a, uh, there's a meat place here. I think definitely you would love it. Then mm -hmm. is there's a place here. I'm 
Oh, I can't think of the name. Mm-hmm. It was very expensive. I did not mean mm-hmm. for it to be expensive. Me and other zookeepers, we went out there, and it was a place where you put you have a green a uh, card kind of like on soccer. One side's green, one side's red, mm-hmm. and if it's up on the green, they will continuously bring you meat on a rod. But there's like oh, lamb, my God, yes. sausages, and like they're like, oh, would you like some salt? And I'm like, my God, I feel this level of white rich. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> it is crazy to me and it, it was like so many i think there was 12 different selections of meat different meat products you could have like different types of steak you got a bacon wrap stuff in there there's different types of sausages there was a cheese like a buffet thing you go up and you get salad there's cheese there oh my god you have to find the name of this place and send it to me because that sounds like my heaven oh uh, my god gosh. i gotta let me um <laughs> I'll just, let me send it. It's very professional in podcasting. Yeah. I'm going to send yeah, a yeah. quick text. Uh, <laughs> then one of my keeper friends in their Taj. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's yeah. crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's like, because uh, I'm out in Los Angeles and everybody just assumes it's like very, like there is like, you know, very healthy vegetarian, vegan places. There's a lot. But like Los Angeles is also like the home of the bacon wrapped hot dog. Uh, that's just like street oh. vendors. Oh, oh, if you've never had one, like at, like, at no. night street Oh my God, it's so good. Like at night, street vendors just come out into the street and it's like, you've got barbacoa, you've got carne asada, you've got like tacos. And then there's like a whole just like type of street vendor that just has like a hot plate and all they're doing is sizzling bacon wrapped hot dogs for you. And like the city always tries to shut them down because like it's it's like there's no way to like transport like they're they're just like they're just like transporting the bacon in like little like tubs with ice in it like there's no way they're hitting anything but like it's so good though so like yeah like at night when you're in Los Angeles you just walk down the street and it's like this vendor over here is like making shawarma like on the street this vendor has bacon wrapped hot dog this food truck has uh you know like you know. Ah, like bacon, bacon hamburger, bacon wrapped hamburgers. It's, it's, um, if you know where to go and if you go after like six or so, it's like a meat heaven, uh, on the streets of LA. I feel so gypped. I've gone to LA plenty of different times for things over the years. I've never done. I feel gypped. My LA friends have lied to me about this stuff. What the hell? Yeah. Go, go to like Highland Park, go to Echo Park. I mean, my neighborhood, even in Eagle Rock, just like go at night in one of the main stretches and yeah just tons of the wherever the fruit vendors were the bacon rat hot dog vendors take over at night <laughs> i'm i okay so the plan wasn't to go back to la for a vacation or anything like that a little trip thing but i think it might be now next year. <laughs> <laughs> just for that and be like listen Joyce, he said some places all right we're gonna have an email and she's gonna some of these places because we definitely need to know where to go yeah oh man that sounds amazing the problem is I have not eaten breakfast before this recording. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be a big thing. People are going to be like, we can tell. All I have is my cup of coffee right now. So that's, that's about it. That's about it. Um, yeah, but I definitely want to say is where do you find the time, though, Josie? Because it seems like a lot of people I've had on recently, this, they seem crazy as hell busy. I mean, you have some new comics uh, in the works right now, too, and some new things. And shoot, you do stuff in animation as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, while, uh, the, the, the answer was I found time on the weekends. I, I did too much stuff. Uh, I, so yeah, so I'm currently, uh, the co-producer head writer for my adventures with Superman, which is coming out next year on Cartoon Network and what HBO max or whatever they will rename the app. Um, but it will come out on both of those. Uh, I've also been, yeah, writing, uh, you know, wrote uh, these four issues of New Champion of Shazam. I also wrote some comics last year for uh, for DC, the sort of uh, uh, Wonder Woman black and gold, a story for that. Yeah, and yeah. then, yeah, and the, uh, the, the Teen Lantern Mogo team up uh, right before that. Uh, and then I've got, yeah, I've, like you said, I've got some other things that, like, haven't quite been announced yet, but they will be in the new year. Wow. Yeah, it's been busy. I mean, the thing that's fun is it's all, almost all world, which has been a real delight because this is like the dream of like 10-year-old Josie was just like, you know what? I have opinions about Superman and, <laughs> and, and Captain Marvel. One yeah. day somebody will pay me. Oops, sorry. I think I lost you there for a second. 
No worries. Uh, oh shoot! When... You were like, you're like somebody will pay me, and then you went, it, went, it cut out, and I was like, I don't know if they did. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. It's a, it's a mystery. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I'm. I think. Yeah, I think I just said uh, one day somebody will pay me and to uh, give those opinions, and uh, and now they have. Now that that's what it, my whole pandemic has been working, uh, developing Superman and working on these comics and things. Uh, and it's been, it's been lovely. It's been great. Has it been like the weirdest paychecks to get, by the way, is when you're just like a Superman cartoon, like you're like, where did I get this money from? Oh yeah, look at that from such and such company. I, that'd be the weirdest <laughs> thing. Anytime, I don't, I've been paid numerous times for film stuff. When I used to do more work in the film industry, voiceover, all that sort of things. And whenever I'd get a check in the mail, mm-hmm. it was always the weirdest thing of like, you know, I can't believe somebody was stupid enough to pay me for this. Like, wait a minute here. I, I would do this for free. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's that whole thing where I think, and for books that I've done, like, I've just, it's just really weird as a creator to get paid for your stuff because immediately, especially comics, because you're like, oh, shit, I would do this like for, for free for 10 years if I could. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, some of it is, you know, uh, I like, I'm the only writer in my family, like my immediate family is all like engineers, science writers, uh, uh, like contractors to the government. So every time I have a job, I have to explain to them like, no, I'm not unemployed. You just won't see the TV show for two years because we're making it. Like, I swear to God, I don't need to move home and become a lawyer. It's all working out, mom and dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right, because it's always that thing of, like, listen, I signed so many contracts, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Like, if we get together at a dinner, at home, locked doors, maybe I can tell you. But yeah. until then, there's nothing. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't send a text. I can't send the fucking call, because I don't know who you're with. If it's on speaker, like, mm-hmm. NDAs will hunt me down like yeah. a Terminator. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, like, honestly, the, the weirdest ones, because animation, unfortunately, does not have residuals the way live action does, which is... Ooh an ongoing problem and one that uh, everybody is trying to address. Um, but uh, uh, across uh, the, the ocean, I mean, basically international, there are laws that mean you have to have residuals. So I'll like suddenly get a paycheck for like 10 episodes of Scooby-Doo that have aired in Prague. Like <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get like weird, yeah, weird, like suddenly like I'm getting a check from like BMI for like a song I wrote for like Teen Titans Go that like aired in like Qatar. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and it's probably the usual of uh, $1 or, or yeah. $10 or something like that. It's like, I'm, oh yeah, it's like, it's all combined together. So like, I'm like, well, 60 bucks, it's time to go once again, buy myself a bacon wrapped hot dog. We're coming full circle with this. <laughs> That's a, If it's $60 for one hot dog, Josie, I don't think I'm going to go fucking get one. I'll be honest with you. No, no, it's not on no, 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 no. <laughs> it's much oh cheaper. My, oh, oh, thank God. <laughs> Uh, you know, I have actually gotten a residual check once in the mail. This was years ago. I did a I did a feature film here with Greg Grumberg. I had on an old show once. Wonderful guy, by the way. Wonderful dude. Uh, we did a movie together, and it was the lowest you could get. It, what do you think it was? Oh man. Oh boy. I don't even know. Like 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 I bet it's like a, maybe like a thousand something, but like with an odd amount of like 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 a thousand. 67 cents like it's always like a very specific number no 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 it was low it was very low and it was like it wasn't it was nothing bad i want to make it clear nothing bad Uh or anything like that it was just out for a long time i got paid for it before uh but it was just like a residual check a couple years later from the movie what do you think it was okay uh you know low think low okay i'm gonna say like 20 bucks oh comically lower (laughs) comically it was a penny. I got paid a check with the pen. I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this? I'm not going to take this out of the bank. Wow. I'm, like, I'm crazy. I have it somewhere. I still do. I re- I don't know where, but I have gotta, a check. You got to frame that. You got to frame that and like put it in your office of just like my beloved penny residual. <laughs> a feature movie. Like, you know, all right. I don't. Oh, oh you're absolutely God. right. I got to frame it. Yeah, I got to frame it. Be like, yeah, here, like my Hall of Fame. Here it is. <laughs> yes. That's my $1 bill from a business. <laughs> oh, Amazing. man. Yeah, that's somewhere, folks. Somewhere. I heard other people every now and then get a penny, too, from some things. And we're just like, yeah, what? it's called the Penny Club, when I've been told. <laughs> it's like, I don't know about this club. I don't want to be in here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Like, can we have the, 
million dollar club. Yeah. So I do have to ask, like, mm-hmm. and and you can say yes or no depending because I know you're doing a lot of work with them recently. In DC, were you always a DC fan, or was it kind of a thing where you went into it later, or? You know, I was always a DC fan. Um, I I learned to read on one of those, like, they had, like, those, like, learn to read Wonder Woman books that had, Ooh. like, a, it was, like, her and, like, Catwoman, and Catwoman had, like, tried to blow up a dam. Like, it was also, what? like, my, my introduction to eco-fascism when I'm five, like. Oh, <laughs> Uh, but like, yeah, I was, you know, my parents like were really into Wonder Woman. And so I had a ton of Wonder Woman stuff growing up. Um, I I love Superman. Like I love, I mean, I, I grew up exactly at the time Batman the Animated Series was coming out. Uh, and while I also love X-Men a lot and X-Men the Animated Series is amazing, uh, Batman the Animated Series was absolutely hands down my favorite thing of all time. I loved it yeah. so much. And I also, I feel like this is very much dating me because like anybody younger is going to be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I remember when comics were in CVSs and in stores. (laughs) So yeah, I'd go to my local CVS as a kid. I'd save up my money. And I, they, the, uh, the CVS near my house had both comics that were recently coming out. And they also had like back issues of things, which is crazy. So like I was buying Wonder Woman at the time. I bought uh, Death of Superman as it came out. Um, I like I also bought like they had like a bunch of like uh, old issues of She-Hulk like John Byrne She-Hulk for some oh, reason. Oh shit! Okay, which, all right. Which also, I love like, but like very much whoever stocked the comics in the Rockville Pike CVS, like hats <laughs> off to you. Thank you. You you molded who I am. <laughs> you shaped a career. Little did you know. Little did you know. Uh, but yeah, I love Batman. I love Wonder Woman. I love Superman. Uh, I got really into Supergirl. Like it was just like the 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 Trinity was sort of like my standard as a kid. And then you know, as I got older, I you know started buying comics on my own. Uh, tried to you know hunt down comics whenever they popped up in shops. Uh, I I do like Marvel a lot, but definitely Marvel was more college. Uh, and DC was sort of like what I was reading as a kid onwards. Mm. By the way, though, Wonder Woman, I've done the show for about three, four years. I never really hear too many people talk about reading Wonder Woman as like really? as a kid. Yeah, it's, I, I, trust me, I love it. I really do because oh it's, it's cool. Like, yeah. one, old school Wonder Woman was a thing. Like, old, you, people read old school Superman and like, oh, this is kind of – now if you read it in 2022, it's a little bit on the weird side. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I love it. Because yeah. I love the old school Superman, but old school Wonder Woman was on a different plane of existence. Oh my God. <laughs> like, it really yeah. was. No, I loved it because I was like reading because like they had like <laughs> they had like black biker shorts Wonder Woman and then they had like contemporary yes. Wonder Woman up to contemporary Wonder Woman. So it was like I have like my Perez like omnibus behind me because like that was like they had old stock Perez stuff and then the stuff that was coming out. Uh, while I was a kid, which was like a, the the timeline when like Cersei and Ares are like gangsters. In, oh yeah, like, forgot about that. Because uh, like my very first, I remember my very first Wonder Woman issue had uh, this is I'm so such a dork. Uh, Mayfly, who is this like assassin who also had hemophilia, so she had to be the best assassin ever. Because she she got hit, she was dead, and like That's some deep cuts right there. Oh my lord. Stuck in my head, I was like, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I definitely hid it from my parents a little bit because I was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to read this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just like, these people, this one's an assassin. An assassin? Yeah, you're yeah, five, Chelsea. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, like, blood on the page and, like, a demon lord popping up, like, and she's yelling at Wally. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to, if my parents ask, I've been reading the bonkers, like, Disney comics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. It. <laughs> oh uh, my god I, if it helps at any uh josie when i was this is aging me a little bit here uh i was eight years old when i saw the spawn movie because my dad's oh, a big spawn oh, fan yeah. and he got me into spawn like we'd go to hobby stores and hobby stores sell comics back then i don't think they do now but they used to, and so i'd always go for the spawn and pick it up my dad would I'd be like yeah let's get it and the hobby store clerk because my dad is big in rc cars and the hobby store clerk would always look and be like, Father, the fucking year right here. <laughs> like, you're getting your kid. How many spotted shoes? And he's like, Oh, I'm going to get him the four here. And he's like, What? And like, the, the thing was also a mobster at the time. So I'm like, Oh, that's really awesome. The thing is a mobster. Like, or he wasn't a mobster, but he looked, he dressed in like the trench coat and the hat. 
Like, so I, I was watching Spawn. I'd watch Spawn on replay all the time with Jurassic oh. Park. It was up there, my Jurassic yeah. Park and Godzilla. Like, that was the thing. So, I, I, in fairness, I don't think the assassin in Wonder Woman was too bad as Spawn <laughs> the movie. Spawn, that, that's incredible. Oh, yeah. And, okay, last deep cut that's really going to age both of us. I like okay, It was okay. like going to Blockbuster, and oh. you would just pick, yep. like, a VHS based on what the cover looked like. And so mm-hmm. uh, my parents, like, I love my parents, and they'll probably hate me for, for saying this and revealing this, but, like, they definitely thought, like, anything that was animated was for kids. So I got to watch Ooh. a ton of crazy stuff. Like, oh, I, no. I, I watched, what was it, like, The Savage Planet, uh, oh. which, which is... Honestly, one of my favorite animated movies of all time. Uh, but like, it's insane. Like, there's naked people like fighting each other yeah. with like monsters, like on an <laughs> alien world. Uh, but like, I do think that I part of the reason I got so into animation and so into comics is because I was reading things that were like a little too old for me. And like, there was that like frisson, that feeling of like, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but this is so cool. Yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry, I was saying, yeah, oh. yeah, I was agreeing with you on that one. Sorry, on that one, it was kind of, no. the coffee was coming back up. But yeah, I agree 100%. Like, it, I, I feel that, like, you sit there and you're doing this, but then other kids look at you and they're like, oh, you're the weirdo. And it's like, <laughs> you, it's back to the future, like, oh, you guys don't know this one yet, but your kids are going to love it. But basically saying, like, <laughs> instead of, oh, no, you're going to love this when you get older, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can't, you know, if I had to tell, like, 10-year-old Josie, like, one day, like you and all the manga that you love is going to be like mainstream and like all of the like comics that you've read are going to be mainstream. I would like not believe myself. And like, you know, I I found like, you know, I was lucky. I found a group of friends and a huge group of female friends who are all into comics. And we would like all go to over each other's houses and bring whatever issue of like, uh, you know, uh, I think at the time it was like it was going into high school, so it was like you know the Grant Morrison X Men stuff, or bringing over like just a ton of manga, just like every, like like everybody was like sourcing like okay, we found the gay season of Sailor Moon and we're gonna watch it together. <laughs> we're all gonna enjoy it. We'll get some popcorn. It's gonna yeah. be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's gonna be a sleepover. We're gonna do this, and then we're gonna read Ranma. It's gonna be fantastic. Oh, I'm jealous a thousand percent of that, Josie. You have no idea because I never had that for comics. I was. Oh, no. I'm, my generation, like, but the problem is, like, mm-hmm. my I had it with video games instead, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. friends of mine, like, close friends of mine for, like, 20 years now, but never for comics. My generation, like, me, I'm 25, mm-hmm. I was the last generation to be, like, as a comic book creator for a long time as a kid and fan of the animation, and Batman, I watched Batman Return so many mm-hmm. times, and mm-hmm. the animated series, too, when I could buy, get it on VHS mm-hmm. or whatever. That Clayface episode made that rotten oh. hell is making me cry. Oh, um, God. But, yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that but, baby doll episode, so good. <laughs> very. That, you could pull oh. it off live action. Do it. Uh, yeah. But I, I never had, it was the last generation of, you know, getting shitted on for being a comic book fan, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because then it was like a couple years later, like, uh, the Marvel movie started coming out. Yeah. So it was that thing of like, then those started coming out. And as soon as people were like, what is this Iron Man? What is it? I felt so <laughs> rectified. I was like middle finger to everybody being like, eat my ass, <laughs> eat my shorts, y'all. A nerd's one. And like, I look at the MCU and I see old people who used to really give me crap. And they're like, you read comic books? you ne-? And like that whole thing <laughs> that you always hear about. And, and I look at them, they're like, I just saw the new Marvel movie. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, lightning's gonna strike you hard, buddy. <laughs> just like, just like a blanket. I told you so. Is just posted constantly to your wall. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's just mentally there. I got the I told you so eyes down to a T. It's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, I'm I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I mean, honestly, like, uh, so much of like my my young adulthood was like finding very specific niches to go into, and mm. then kind of trying to ignore what everybody else was doing. Cause like yeah. it was all my friends from like drama club. Like we all did like debate club together. Like it was a very there was a very clearly like here's the nerdy group. We're all gonna read comic books together. We're all gonna like debate like things in debate club. Like I definitely am not gonna ever be like you know the star basketball player or anything like that. I'm never gonna <laughs> win homecoming queen. But like. I found I I was so lucky in that I found a group of people who loved it and shared my love of it. And so when I, you know, wanted to go when I went to college and uh, you started taking like TV writing classes, like it was it, it, it was it just felt like I was able to find yet another group of like, here's all the nerds. I've I've sussed them out. I opened I, I 
<laughs> pulled up the rocks I found where they're hiding and then yeah. I'm gonna like scoot under this rock with them <laughs> yes yeah like once you find that group you just mm -hmm. you don't leave mm -hmm. you don't leave at all I found that when I uh, first started in the film industry mm -hmm. God, years mm -hmm. ago now I found it then I'm like these are a bunch of nerds too like you love this shit as well uh and I also found it believe it or not in the animal field I really did yeah it was um when I first started doing it God, years ago now but when I first started getting into the animal field and working in with exotic animals and such mm -hmm. like that, like I can't, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, it, we're such big nerds in the animal field. It really is. Like any people <laughs> will tell you that any person at a, a hospital will tell you that like mm -hmm. most of us, a good 99% of us are like big comic book fans and like oh, big, like it, it's, it's crazy how big of comic book fans we are and anime fans and mm -hmm. Godzilla fans and dinosaur fans. Like it's, it's crazy. I remember we were having a debate about what was it I, I was in a crocodile pin the other day and we were having a debate of like okay so michael B keaton batman is he come mm -hmm. he's come back right mm -hmm. good or bad and we're like oh it's gonna be <laughs> shit and it was like we're arguing about this as a 12 foot like crocodile is coming at us trying to eat us and we're so defending ourselves and shit i mean there's even a point where i was doing notes for a comic book and i was in the anaconda pin and so i'm in an anaconda pin there are like literally two of them 19 to 20 feet long just you know on top of a tree that i'm underneath Mm -hmm. it, it, but it's only the tree is only four feet ahead of me and i'm in this pan and i'm like oh that's a good i'm like okay i gotta do some notes i was like oh well, let me write that that's a good idea and i took out my notepad from my cargo pants pocket i'm writing down comic book notes and i'm in the cage and the anaconda's like hello and i was just like oh, this is an interesting life <laughs> uh that sounds amazing uh i don't i don't have any friends who work with animals directly i've got a couple of friends who are ecologists uh, and mm. work for like fish and wildlife so like I, I remember in when they were in grad school and I was in Los Angeles and I was still writing, um, working in animation, I had like driven up to Davis because they're all going to UC Davis uh, for like a Halloween party. Uh, and like, I was like, oh, great. Like, we're all going to talk about comics. And we're all going to nerd out together. And then I don't know if you've met ecologists, but like, they're all people who are like hiking up mountains to do stream studies and like, yeah. like hanging upside down under rocks. It was like, not only was I the dumbest person there, but I was also the least fit. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just trying to keep up like, guys, guys, I found something really cool. Just yeah, went by yeah. and it's a rock. You're like, that's nothing. That's just great. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they're like, okay, anyhow, we're gonna just like hang glide off this like tower to like go see if like this one type of frog still exists. I'm like, cool, cool. I'm gonna catch my breath here. <laughs> oh, good. You go ahead. You go ahead. I'm gonna bring out an inhaler or like, yeah, all right. Exactly. I got a canned coffee right here. Kitchen layer. Let me grab this real fast. Mm -hmm, oh mm -hmm. man. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of nature stuff though, mm -hmm. I, I did want to ask you about this. Because, you know, being a big fan of the franchise and being a person who's worked in the field of paleo, paleo not food, mm -hmm. not like dietary, paleontology, mm -hmm. you did Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous? Yeah, I had writer for that. <laughs> oh my god, like, I was not, like, I'm not gonna lie though, because there's gonna be some people listening to this, because, uh, I've also, one of the, I do a segment on the Jurassic Park podcast too, mm -hmm. and I run my own dinosaur stuff oh, on YouTube. Amazing. Paleo things, mm -hmm. and. Let me tell you, there's nothing like working in a fossil lab. I miss those days mm -hmm. so much. I might go back. Mm -hmm. uh, but what was that like? Uh, I, I lost mm -hmm. for words because that's a dream <laughs> true for uh, a lot of. Yeah, it was it was wonderful. It, I mean, it was a you know a dream come true for me too. Like I I love Jurassic Park. Like I. <laughs> Again, as a kid, I was like one of like the five people in America who was like subscribed to like Dinosaur Magazine, which like folded after two issues. They but, still, like, there's still one around, by the way. There is still oh, one. Is you, there? Can, you can get it at Barnes and Noble. <gasps> okay, I'm gonna have to check that out. But yeah, I, time. it was. Oh, okay. Prehistoric times. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna. There's, you're just gonna send me a list of things. I'm like, okay, Meat Store, Dinosaur Magazine. We've got it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so basically I had just finished uh, the f uh, season finale with Nate Stevenson of She-Ra and I was at DreamWorks at the time. Uh, and uh, that show had been almost completely wrapped up um, and DreamWorks was like sort of being like, hey, there's like a couple of different things we're considering you for that you'd want to see if you're interested in. And like the first one they brought me in was they're like, hey, do you have any interest in dinosaurs? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And they're like, okay, so you know how we did like that Spy Racers show well we're doing a jurassic world show are you interested and i was like hell yeah um so yeah so they brought me on really early like zach had done like a little mini room um zach stents um 
to sort of come up with sort of the camp premise. And then I came in with him and then with Scott uh, Kramer, who's the EP. And we, it's so funny because like a lot of the stuff we threw out like that first like two weeks of me working on it where I was like charting out where we wanted to go and what dinosaurs we want to use still is largely the blueprint that we followed all the way through like down to like sort of the stuff at the end in season five was stuff that in that first week we're like oh this would be fun if we did this um but for me it was so fun because not only did like I really love uh being in a IP that we could just make up our own new characters and like unfold a story from a kid's point of view which is I think every dino nerd kid's dream is like what if I got stuck on the island with the dinosaurs but it was also we got um the dinosaur models from ILM from the actual movies that we then sort of did a uh, essentially simplification pass to put in the show so like I had a list of dinosaurs of being like okay we've got an ankylosaurus we've got a parasaurophilus we've got rexy the t-rex and so I like every every episode it was just like it, like you know people describe it as like the toy box but it was like it was like a little toy box of just being like all right, we've got, you know, parasaurolophuses. What if they're bioluminescent? What if they glow in the dark? What, like, we've got the Mosasaurus. What if we did a Jaws thing with the Mosasaurus? Like, it was just, like, truly, it was so fun. And everybody on the show was, like, so excited. about. Also, like, about obscure dinosaurs, too. Like, people would be like, like, Dimetrodons, like, get those in there. Like, I'd get, like, (laughs) board artists being like, when can we have more Allosauruses? I'm like, I'm working on it right now, guys. We're working. We're working on it. <laughs> it's like a pinch me moment too, when you're yes. just like, I have these dinosaurs I can do on top of already amazing characters. Because I got to say, we watched oh, every girlfriend you. and I, we, uh, Kayla and I watched all the episodes. Big fans of the show. Oh. Big fans. That's why when I saw it, I was like, holy shit! I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, we got to talk about it. Like, there's yes. just no way. Like, that is true. That is, especially I think, like they say, old filmmaking is. Mm-hmm. Like the world of film, live action film, that's a toy box. Mm-hmm. But the bigger toy box, as you said, that's animation because yeah. that's balls of the wall. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. In a way, you can do whatever you want. But it, like, sure. it's still like way bigger in the world of possibilities in there. I mean, and you guys did it in that show too. Oh I mean, yeah, it are. I mean, I I told the writers like when you know our first day, it's like my approach is that I and you know this is approach I take to a lot of stuff I work on, especially when I'm head writer is. I want every episode to feel like almost like a little mini movie where it's like, it's a beginning, middle and ends, even if it connects up to other things or like ties into like a bigger finale. Like, you know, here's, you know, here's the, you know, dinosaurs coming out of, it's the fog, but with dinosaurs and they're all on yeah. the, you know, the boat in, the, in their swimsuit. That was terrifying too, by the way. <laughs> it was horrifying with their rhinosaurs. That was horrifying. Yes, yes. Oh, and you know, that was part of the thing was like, you know, I, when I took the Jurassic job, uh, I didn't want to dumb it down. Like I didn't want to make a show that wasn't as scary as the original Jurassic Park. Uh, Cause you know, I watched that as a kid and I loved it. I, I loved dinosaurs. I loved how scary it was. Um, and we were so fortunate in that uh, Steven Spielberg and Colin Trevorrow and Frank Marshall and everybody on the like emblem and like Jurassic World side absolutely supported that. They're like, yeah, no, Uh, We want this to feel like it could just fit in with the movies. We don't want to make a show where it's like, you know, the kids like make friends with a T-Rex and everything's okay. Like it's Jurassic World, it's Jurassic Park, it's Jurassic World, things go wrong. That's why when I told people, I'm like, just wait till episode four because Mm. when Indominus breaks out, it's it's game over. Because people might think that they're like, oh, it's a Jurassic, it's a cartoon. And it's like, wait, no, hold the fall. You're gonna, there's people do die in the show. Yeah. Uh, What was. I have to ask you though, because mm-hmm. it's it, it is like a big question at, about it is two things with the show. What mm-hmm. was your favorite dinosaur to write, mm-hmm. and then what was your favorite scene that you think you wrote? Mm, oh, these are good questions. I'm trying to think. I mean, I I'm trying to think. I honestly, I it's it's so early on, but like I really love the T Rex. Like it's just oh, it's, well, Rexy? it's classic. Rexy, Rexy's classic. Like she's so fun. Um, I, I love, you know, her building that nest. Yes, <laughs> that was good. Kids, and the kids are like, fuck her. <laughs> All her stuff isn't there. We need that. We need this beacon. Yeah, um, it, you made it in the main street, you know, where everything will be that we probably need. Oh, we can't go there. And they're like, why? Yeah. Well, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, big. yeah. Yeah, it's ba- 
bad. It's bad in there. Um, and I'm trying to think, cause like I, as, as, as head writer, like I did rewrites on everything and sort of touched everything. Um, I do still have like a, like the two, the two points that I think I like best are actually the one episode that I wholly wrote, which is the, the fifth episode of that first season oh. where, uh, the carnage, uh, uh, what is it? They're on the run, and the Indominus has gotten out, and uh, Eddie gets eaten. <laughs> oh, that Ted, I wonder he's in the lab all alone, and yeah. it's like it's, it's, it's horrifying to see him getting dragged out from underneath yes. the van. It's like, holy, I, I remember because like I had written, so I had written um, that scene, and then like Z, who was the uh, director at the time, and then became uh, later one of the uh, uh producers had boarded it and it came out even scarier than I thought. And like, I remember our execs being like, is this too scary? Means that you're like, absolutely not. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, wait, this is what we want. It's called Jurassic guys. This is, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the thing that happens. Wow. Look, he was going to abandon the kids. He deserved it. <laughs> he took the van and left. Like, uh, just... I know. Right. Yeah. Oh. Which, I, you know, it's, it's like the, you know, lawyer Um, at, in, you know, original Jurassic park. It yeah. was, it was that, that feeling of like anything could happen because these adults aren't necessarily interested in saving these kids. Like some people are in it for themselves, which is, you know, another level of scary. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other one that I really liked was um, um, the uh, 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 pteranodons, like uh, the uh, hang gliding away from all of the pteranodons. Um, oh, with those, oh, this when, they, when they had hang gliders and yep. the morphodons and, and yeah. tranodons. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, because we, I mean, I love them in general. Like, I also love them attacking the, again, the, um, uh, what is it, a train in season one. But, like, yeah, the hang gliding scene was, like, it was, like, something, too, that we were, like, we wanted to, like, bring those, like, two characters together because we were, like, oh, they don't really attract and don't really like each other. <laughs> so what can we do that would, like, actually cement a bond and how do we run from this dinosaur in a new way? Wait, mm. the sky, the sky, it's going to be so fun and so cool. And so, yeah, so that was, I think those two were my sort of favorite dinosaur moments. But like, I mean, it's it's hard because as we're talking, I'm like, but then there's this and this, but I, I, I'm going to stick with those two so we don't have like 20 minutes of me being like, and then in season four, there's this. Oh, there's plenty of people who would love that, by the way, too. There's 100% plenty of people who would love it. And I'll yeah. tell you what, if you ever want to really talk Jurassic the mm -hmm. whole time, I'd love to do it. And I also yes. know anybody on the Jurassic Park podcast would love to do it, too. So oh, absolutely. reach out to them. They'll love it. It'll be a long talk. But I'm, I'm telling you, I want to say. Thank you, Josie, for that show, by the way. And oh. it's like adding to the lore of it all oh. of Jurassic. Like we're, yeah. Everyone's really happy with it. Oh, thank you. No, it's it's really nice because like I, I like I'll be honest, like Jurassic fans are so fun because they just like message me about their favorite dinosaurs. And really? I, tell, I tell them about my favorite dinosaurs. It's like the purest interaction in the world mm -hmm. of just like, can we see more Mosasaurus? I'm like, well, the show's done right now, but like I love the Mosasaurus. Did you see, you know, the prehistoric planet Apple show? Like it's uh, it's so yeah it's it's so fun like I, all of the fans of everything I've worked on have been really nice but there's like a special part in, place in my heart for Jurassic fans because all they want to do is talk about their favorite dinos and it's it's so pure it's so lovely yeah it's a hundred percent we're I often say we're the best fan group and I'm saying this on the comic <laughs> podcast right now so I'm gonna get oh, killed no. but it's yeah. fine <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine like listen yeah. comics I, can be I can divorce what Dakota's saying <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 100 true though. It, it, like there is just something about it, that group, and I love being a part of it and being able to contribute to it. And hell, even just paleo fans in general. Like we're all just. I think you got to be something of a lovely person in a way when it comes to it. And when you're, you're in that type of love, technically almost everything you love is dead. So you know what? You got to be a little bit on the optimistic side and this lovely about your things when it comes to paleontology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. I do have to ask, though, you know, what do you prefer writing more? Kind of getting out of it for a second, but what do you prefer writing more? Mm. Animation, comics, because everybody has their kind of preference, sort of. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because, like, I've, I've done a lot more animation than I've done comics, so I'm, like, really enjoying both of those. And there's a, honestly, there's a lot of overlap in the terms of, like, I'm working with artists. Um, mm. 
which is honestly the, my, my preferred way is just working with artists period. Like, you know, I'd, I'd love to do some live action stuff one day, but like, I, I love the art of it. That's why I got into comics and animation. Uh, I can't draw, but I can write words. Um, (laughs) Our artists are the magicians of the world that we work in. So it's totally fine. (laughs) I get that. Um, I will say, yeah, because I I would love to have more experience writing comics. Like I do really love animation because it's like a a little bit more collaborative, which is really fun for me. Like I, I, I technically went to school for theater, like and for like very very collaborative experimental theater before I I started taking TV writing classes and realized, oh, maybe this is what I want to do instead. But there's like something really fun about animation where it's not just writing it. It's, you know, from my perspective as like head writer and, you know, producing this show now, it's also sitting in the board pitches. It's, you know, seeing the designs come to life. It's sitting in with the actors and the records and like, you know, directing Jack Quaid to be like, all right, Clark Kent is very anxious. Can you hit that uh, for for, for like three marks um, for us. Which is crazy, um, by the way, that he's, that he's playing Clark. It's amazing. I, w- I will say I we are so lucky with the the cast of our show because I, I cannot imagine other people playing these roles anymore, especially Jack. Like, he does an amazing Superman, but he does a dead-on perfect Clark Kent that, like, and it's not usually something, yeah, usually, like, if someone's playing Clark Kent, they're just, like, you know, like have a little bit of a high pitched voice, but like he does an amazing job, like hitting a little bit of the like stuttering mannerisms and a little bit of that shyness. Uh, truly, we're really, really blessed to have him. And then Alice Lee as Lois Lane and Ishmael Saeed as Jimmy. Like the three of them are so good and so on top of their game and really, really lucky that uh, uh, them and Huey decided to come play with us outside of the boys. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Like it's just like well, and also like, Jack's also on um, oh Lower oh, Decks exactly. as well too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's got to be that whole thing of like animation's got to be fun for him as well. And yeah. animation's um, almost the best world to play, and I'm gonna put it out there right now because it's like the <laughs> best thing. Like that's it. You can do whatever childhood thing you want to mm-hmm. do. It seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and you know, it was also really fun for us because um, M Willis who wrote for me on She Run Jurassic. I've just been stealing M to write for me on everything. She wrote for me on She Run Jurassic. And then she left to write on Lower Decks for a while. And then I stole her back for Superman. So like we got to have like a fun record where like Jack was like, saw her and was like, wait, am I, what record am I in? We're like, no, 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 it's Superman. <laughs> it's Superman. Trying to figure out where he's at. I, like, wait a minute, I, just stole the I just stole the writer to like staff for me. <laughs> And then four months from now, you're going to be, uh, yeah, guys, I'm on lower decks now. <laughs> we're, we're doing this back and forth thing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, I mean, that's, wow. Honestly, you're making the dreams come true. But, I mean, is there a character you still want to do, to say the least here? Because, I mean, you've worked for some of the ones, you've done written for some of the characters that you really loved as a kid. But is there someone you, is, do you want to do the assassin from Wonder Woman still? <laughs> You know, I like on specifically the DC side, because I've got like DC thoughts and Marvel thoughts like on the DC side, honestly, because like I've been so lucky to write Superman. I'm so lucky to write like, uh, you know, Shazam, uh, the, yeah. the Shazam Ali, uh, you know, personally, I would love to do like an ongoing with the whole Shazam family, including Billy. Like I, the, I've never really gotten a chance to write Billy and I'd love to do that, too. Um, I'd also like, and the polar opposite of like the super family and the Shazamily is I would, I love like Damien. <laughs> really? <laughs> love him so much. I love that what? mutter monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he is. And, and, oh. and so like to be able to write, like, and I know like they've aged up John, so this wouldn't work anymore, but to either write a super sons thing or to write like a him and Batman team up or like a him and Catwoman team up, like. I mm. like Damien and Catwoman would be a dream to write. Absolutely. Oh, that uh, sounds good. That sounds yeah. really good, Josie. I, I, okay, we need to get you to do this. Come on, you have connections. <laughs> be like, hey guys, that's okay. a, it's a perfect pitch. You never know. These two, these two, very amoral. <laughs> the most amoral <laughs> characters surrounding Batman. <laughs> Which you gotta uh, think, like they, they'll team up over killing a, a crook and they say okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, they would absolutely enable each other. That would be so much fun. Um, and then I would say, I would say outside of DC, like on the, like, I would love to write, like, cause I started, um, 
And when I first came out to Los Angeles, I was doing stand-up and sketch comedy and then moved into animation. But, like, I would love to write, like, Deadpool or Spider-Man. Like, oh. they just, it would, ah, oh, they're so fucking funny. Like, it's, it's, ah, oh, they're just so great. Spider-Man especially is just, like, such, such a great character. And I love all of the, the most recent movies are so goddamn good. Like, ah, oh, Yeah. And I mean, Spider-Man, there's so many opportunities with, too, because they're doing so many Spider-Man yes. things. There's so many. I mean, we just had a series called What If Miles Morales, even just yeah. that. Like, are you shitting me? Like, he was Thor. And it was all these different things. Like, there's And there's so many Peter Parker spin-offs. There's mm -hmm. new animations coming out. for. Mm -hmm. It seems like all the damn time. Which, by the way, I'm excited for freshman year. I'm not yes. going to lie. That looks good. Oh, the Comic-Con news. Oh, the oh, that looks so great. Yeah, I can't. I truly cannot wait. Uh, and you know, I was like a fan for years of uh, of Dan Slott's, uh Like I really liked when Doc Ock became Spider Man. I know that was very controversial, but <laughs> I had a great time reading that comic. It was good. It was, it was so good. fun. It was such it was, a good oh. character exploration of uh, Doc Ock too, of just being like, what is the difference between hero and villain? Oh, he's getting in his own way, but like in a way that makes him so self centered. Like I truly. Truly had a fun time reading that comic. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, I love it because he often said, like, Peter didn't do enough. I'm going to do what yeah, Peter yeah. never did. Hey, he starts yeah. a billion-dollar company. Yes. <laughs> like, you're like, what? <laughs> I walk in the Parker Industries. And, it was, and it, you know, I'm going to make sure, you know, I'm going to tote the line a little bit where the Avengers are going to be like, hey, Peter, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to show off what's going on. And by the way, the black and red Spider-Man suit, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. terrifying. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, utterly terrifying! And it's the superior octopus suit that came out later—that yeah. one's terrifying too. Like, it, like it, oh, the green with the uh, the gray and the blacks and ten oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there's Doc some. Doc is such another reader film. It's so good. Like, I was so excited that they got Alfred Molina back um, for the last movie because, like, in my mind, like, I mean, obviously, there's not been that many Doc Ocks uh, in media outside of comics, but. Like, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock is, like, chef's kiss perfection. Like, he's so... Yeah. God, he's so good. He, like, there's so much, like, sadness and heart and, like, anger in him. It's it's incredible. But the Spider-Man PS4 game, I cannot yeah. remember that actor. Did you ever yes. play that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that actor who played Dr. Octavius in that. I don't remember the name of the actor, and my friends are going to kill me for not remembering. But the actor who played him in that, oh, for tears. Just tears. Yeah. The yes. whole time, and you, and especially because like you, he, I don't know, it's the voice, his voice, mm -hmm. the way he portrays, and then he's like, "Look, Peter, I made his arms," and his fans were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and then yeah. at the ending scene, you're just like, "This is, I'm just gonna go cry in my bed for like two days," because then yeah. it, and then it gets worse with Mary. Oh, Aunt May. Oh God, no. Oh my God. That game. That game's the feels. Yeah, that game. Well, yeah, because it's like that game, and then that. Um... I'm like, I'm going to take a second to whatever Shazam I'm doing stuff. Like we're going to talk about Spider-Man for a second, that game. And then that, that, that latest movie, like what I loved about it was like addressed that like feeling of like, like for me, part of the reason I do like usually characters that like hew a little bit more to the big blue boy scout is because like, I, I really like that sort of morality play aspect of them. And I like the question fundamentally of what makes a hero, um, yeah. because everybody has a slightly different answer, you know, with great power comes with great responsibility. It's truth, justice, and now a better w tomorrow. Uh, but like, I think that last Spider-Man movie really hit for me what I really loved, which is like their version of Peter is somebody who doesn't give up on people, even if they don't deserve it. Like mm. he's going to show mercy and he's going to try to help people, even if those people are cruel to him, even if those people are mean to him, which like works. Cause like by the end, like the whole, the whole city of <laughs> New York is against Peter is like the villain in this last yeah. movie. But like, it's, it's it like that movie said like his, his superpower is his compassion that he's going to do the right thing, even when it hurts him. And like, that's mm. so compelling. Um, and you know, and he's a kid too. Like that's like the big yes. part about it. He's not like a forty-year-old man or something like yes. that. He's, he's seventeen or eighteen years old at this point. I think yeah. now, like in that, at that point, he's I think like in his twenties. But mm -hmm. he's you know he's still just a kid. Yeah. And that's what I think that immediately makes it to a hero level at that point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's you know I I had said on a different podcast 
you know, what I like about, it was specifically talking about like the uh, 78 Superman movie, which I love Mm. and was like a big inspiration for our show. But like, I love this type of, I love the version of Superman who sees saving, you know, Air Force One and saving a cat out of a tree as like equally as important. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a person who he has all this power. So what he's going to do is like, you know, a little girl's like mental state about her cat or, you know, like all-star Superman, a girl standing on the edge of the roof is as important as stopping Lex Luthor, that these things are not like side to the stories. They're central to the stories. Um, And so like a Superman who does the hard work, who cares about everyone, like that's the Superman that I really love, you know? It's classic Superman. A hundred percent that is classic Superman. And it was what made him work Yes. For, oh my god, almost a hundred years now. We're almost yes. at that point there. It's and like it's eighty what... something? God, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the podcast where Josie felt old. <laughs> I know, right? Guys, <laughs> I, I, I haven't been around for 80 years. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just because I remember a blockbuster doesn't mean I'm a century <laughs> old. <laughs> no, listen, I, I had a I, there was a I had a conversation with someone the other day. It was mentioning Blockbuster. Actually, it was a few months ago. Oh god, time is meaningless. But there was a few months ago, it was uh old stepsister. Mm-hmm. And she was 16, 17, and she at the time, and my God, she's like, what's a blockbuster? She'd never heard of it. <laughs> so, oh, let me tell you, that is, that is making us feel a little bit old now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, oh, I'm video. And she's like, what's that one? And I'm like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> but I, we do, we are coming near the end here. I should make it clear. Uh, we are coming near the end, and you mentioned it before. We do got to talk about you going into the Shazam world. I bet you. Yes. Bosses would probably appreciate it if you did do that. <laughs> <This little video. laughs> yeah, for like, sure. Josie, what the hell? Josie, stop talking about meat and dinosaurs and please focus. <laughs> <laughs> you did Superman. You did something good there. <laughs> but uh, Shazam in the world and that. What was so kind of like tell people like what you're doing with the good old Mary Marvel and such uh, at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I'm working on the uh, the four issue miniseries, New Champion of Shazam. Um, it's it's picking up right after uh, my pal Tim's uh, Teen Titans Academy run and the Shazam to Helen back mini that he did. Where basically it's like a brand new status quo that Billy is locked in the Rock of Eternity. He's gone. So. The powers of Shazam have been sort of transferred from all of the family and him to just Mary, uh, that she is going to be the solo uh, new Shazam, the new champion, the new crime fighter, uh, sort of uh, trying to unravel uh, a sort of new threat that has come out into the world. Um, So she... I think if people have read that first issue, you can see she doesn't totally want to do it because she worked her, she's 18. She worked her ass off to get into college. She's trying to go to Vassar. She's trying to find her place in the world and who she is outside of just the Shazam family. Yeah. Uh, and then right when she thinks she's out, she gets pulled right back in uh, by Hoppy, the talking Marvel bunny. Uh, <laughs> Got about him. <laughs> oh, I love Hoppy, who's been sent by Billy to give her this message and by a new set of threats um, to her and to Philadelphia. Um, and I think what was fun for me, and especially fun for me and Doc working together, was I wanted to bring in threats that we haven't seen before. Like, we've seen... A, Comic fans have seen a lot of, we've seen Mr. Mind a lot. We've seen Dr. Savannah a lot. We've seen Black Adam a lot. So I wanted to dig deep into sort of the actual Mary uh, uh, sort of like rogues gallery and reintroduce some old villains and invent some new ones. Uh, So this is sort of her on her own, in her own spotlight. The first time she sort of had her own solo title in I think like either 74, 77 years. Yeah, Um, yeah. And that it's it's all about her coming to terms with being a hero, but also dealing with her family, uh, unraveling this big mystery of uh, who, where her foster parents went, they've gone missing, and then dealing with brand new threats that but use magic and technology equally, um, something that she is sort of uniquely situated to fight. Um, so it's, it's also a lot of fun. Like I've made it sound very epic and it is, but also like a lot of it was, I wanted to get back to the sort of humor that's in those old Fawcett comics. Like Mary is a little bit of a goofball. She doesn't quite know what she's doing. She's trying to come up with her identity on her own. We've got Hoppy 
the magical rabbit coming in, demanding that she rewards him with carrots for giving her the news that she has to upend her life. As one uh, does. As one <laughs> does, as one does. Or an apple slice, he definitely deserves that. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to make something that was really fun, that was really funny, that had heart, and then more importantly, sort of reimagined Mary uh, in a way that felt true to sort of her faucet roots, if you're a fan, um, but also is a jumping on point if you've never heard of Mary or the Shazamily before. So that was a very long-winded answer to say, uh, I love Mary, and I can't wait for everybody to see the next The next uh, issue comes out, uh, I think, in a month from now. Uh, and then, yeah, I think the next two out before the end of the year so. Uh, put it on your pull list, guys. <laughs> it's beautiful. A series that I've been looking forward to since I heard about it, to be honest with you, because mm -hmm. I, I want to tell you a secret. People are gonna, <laughs> this is the episode where people are going to get mad at. Well, you know what? I've had the ones before. Mm -hmm. I like Mary more than Billy. I really <laughs> do. Like, I don't know why. Like Billy, Billy this is fun. I love Shazam. I really, like, he's one of those, I never really talk about it, but I do love Shazam. I've read mm -hmm. a lot of the books, his solo mm -hmm. books. I especially love when he's Billy's with Cyborg and they just geek out mm. together. That's a great mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. uh, but Mary is like that that untouched gold. We're yes. just like, this is a character who's really good. Like she's really yes. funny. She's really charismatic. She's really caring, but like kind of sort of doesn't know what she's doing it a bit there. But she also <laughs> does deal with the sem semi-adult problems as well, too. Yeah. Like Billy can be for the younger audience, and then Mary's like for the older audience. And I love that a bit too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, especially, you know, since I think the new 52, which sort of uh, like has been like, you know, other parts of it have gone in and out of canon, but it's kind of been re the family's been reimagined, like with Mary being sort of the older sister and a little bit more set aside from everybody. It just felt like a really good time to like put a spotlight on her. And, you know, like I was so lucky beca because we put a spotlight on her. That's how we got Doc, you know, like yeah. he. He had been pretty vocal about being like, ah, I've done a lot of like Shazam. I've done a lot of stuff. I'd be interested in Mary. Uh, so, you know, like I think he said this in interviews before, like, you know, I was writing the comic and just a couple of names have been floated. And then Brittany Holzer, our editor, my editor was like, hey, like I asked Doc Shaner if you wanted to do a cover and he wants to do the whole book. Is that cool with you? And I was like, yes, it is. Like crying. I'm like, yes, it is cool with me. Please. You mean to tell you. me I get to have all this beautiful art? Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's oh. it's so it's so gorgeous. Like his his Mary is so like he does this perfect like dichotomy of like she's so strong, but like also so like graceful at mm. the same time. Like she has, you know, she she shazams up and she's got, you know, her biceps, she's got her muscles, she's a little taller, and then she's got her hair sort of floating like a cloud in the wind. Like she's got her like cape sort of floating around her, like this, like lightning's like looking ethereal. Like it's uh oh, oh i had written a, a thesis in college about comic books um and i remember looking up and finding an old guide on how to draw mary from the faucet days and like the way paraphrasing it like the way they described her is like she like flies and lands like a lark and then punches you out and it's like <laughs> he does such a perfect job of like those two of like she's so graceful she's like this lark she's flying she's iconic and then she's like smashing people into the ground with super strength and lightning <laughs> That's it's oh come on. I mean, you can't get any better than that. Like you really can't. And you know what? People who are like, oh, I want a new character to read in comics from DC, mm, that's mm -hmm. gonna be the one to read, I think. But oh, thank you. Um, I, hey, of course. I'm not I don't like the BS on this show at all. I really <laughs> don't. It's, this is the, the truth, most truthful podcast around. I like so. <laughs> um, but Josie, we are coming near the end here. Like I said, I didn't want to take too much of your time. I sure. looked at the time, I'm like, oh my god, it's almost been an hour. Uh but uh, is there anything else you want to promote and then tell people where they can follow you on social media so they can keep track of everything going on? Sure. Yeah. Um, so like I said, um, next year, keep, keep your eyes peeled because next year, uh, my adventures with Superman is slated to come out definitely on Cartoon Network. Um, there's the next three issues of the new champion of Shazam. Uh, so you can buy it both on the sort of comiXology Kindle account, or you can uh, pre-order and put on your pull list from your local comic book store. Uh, and I will say that I, I can't wait for people to see the next couple of issues, especially issue three and four. Like two is a lot of fun. And three has a character from Fawcett that hasn't been seen, I think, in a while if at, at all um it also has a lot of heart and it also has i think the scariest issue three has the scariest new villain that i've sort of invented for the comic so i'm very Ooh. excited for you guys to see that 
Um, outside of that, uh, you can follow me at, at Cozy Jamble on Twitter, uh, or you can look at my now being updated but often neglected website, www.cozyjamble.com. <laughs> Nice. I, you know what? Websites, it takes, they're, they're such a mess. It's such amazing <laughs> web of like things you got to do to update. If you forget yeah. about it, it's, bleh. it's a terrible time. But Josie, uh, I will let you go, but I will. So it's on record too. And I'm going to send you this. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. Uh, wonderful for a podcast. I'm going to send you the, I'll send you an email, that magazine, and then oh. the name of the magazine. And then I believe I may or may not have that text of that restaurant. So oh. I'll send you the name of the restaurant too. Perfect, if you're ever perfect. in Phoenix or anything. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, my my sister-in-law's in Phoenix. So I'll let you know. And if you're ever oh, in Los there. Angeles, you ever like, come to Los Angeles, I will take you to where all the bacon wrapped hot dogs live. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> I really, really am. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, of course, you have a wonderful rest of your day, okay? Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.